Welcome to the Next Brave Thing podcast. My name is Ella Hooper, and I believe that breakthrough is on the other side of bravery. This podcast features brave stories, emotional health, and creativity to inspire you to take your next brave step. Hi, Next Brave listeners. It's Ella here. Uh, Today's another solo episode. I have decided to do more solo episodes because you guys, you listeners, have told me you like them, which is so cool. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Anyway, so I want to dive in today's episode because it's really inspired by the fact that I just did a leadership training on working through triggers. And um, I thought, why not share it with you guys? And this is kind of inspired from Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly and Rising Strong. So highly recommend those books. But part of being like this leadership training was really focusing on like you can have all the trips and tips and tricks on like how to show up as a leader but then if you are triggered it's never going to come across super authentic and it can come across of like that's how you make messes and as a leader I definitely get triggered and I also have been triggered in front of students and people and like that's so vulnerable you know and I so I it's not something that I am an expert at and I don't think anybody can really I don't know because triggers can be so unpredictable but it's not about doing it perfectly it's learning how to move through something that's uncomfortable and painful and so I'm going to talk you through some of the concepts that are in Brene Brown's Rising Strong book and um, it basically there's these three kind of points that she gets you to do when you feel an emotional button has been pushed so this is great for your workplace it's great for your relationships it's to it's what she calls the reckoning the rumble the revolution so reckoning is like you recognize that a button's been pushed the amount of conversations i've been in the amount of interactions i've been in where someone there is no kind of awareness around the fact that someone is activated or triggered and um I think that because usually we feel a big emotion and then we just react, whether that's, and we usually think it's like because we're right or because we need to protect ourselves or yeah, that we feel like we have a justice button that's happened. Um, But this is where there can often be a lot of confusion. So I love people to kind of just take the triggers through this process and I do it with myself as well. Like I'll recognize that I'm feeling tension in my body or I feel like a zap of pain go through my chest or I'll feel this sense of like, like I can't breathe Um, or yeah, there's like a shakiness in my voice, like it's quite vulnerable, like an anger kind of response. And so I'm recognizing that a button's been pushed and sometimes you might want to actually have some space between the person and you so you can actually go away and process it and not necessarily do it on the person. Because usually if we don't take our triggers through this kind of process, we'll often be in blame zone. So I would like you to think about whether you are 
there's kind of two kinds of blame that whether you're the sort of person that's always blaming someone else for the the stuff that's happening in your life like oh it's their fault they didn't explain it to me properly that's their fault they um were late and so that's why I'm angry and it's their fault it's their fault or are you a well it's my fault maybe like a self-blame person like everything went wrong and you're you're blaming yourself for that and there could be other factors it could be actually responsibility could fall on someone else but you take over responsibility for this thing happening and so we're either one of the other and I find that I am mostly an internal blamer like I'll put it on myself and it's all my fault and I'm the bad guy and I think the way that I know I'm triggered is if I'm in villain territory like someone is a bad guy or a good guy I'm a bad guy they're a bad guy like if I'm in good guy bad guy territory I know I'm triggered because our triggers are like kids Um, I'm usually in like absolutes around that. So I like to be, that's usually a cue for me to know that I'm triggered and I'm not in a clear state of mind. And I've learned over and over again, having started a university and having been around humans for a long time and worked with, like my job is so people focused. Like if I like don't become aware around when I am villainizing someone, um, That is when I, yeah, like never get to a place of wisdom or resolve or clarity. It's usually I go into overthinking and I, you know, come from that place. So the reckoning is the recognizing. The rumble is like the important part. And it was really cute. My students gave me a little trophy this past year calling me the rumble coach because I usually rumble through with my students or even staff or with um, clients, like we rumble through the stories that we're telling ourselves from the painful thing that just happened. So a rumble is kind of like a street fight. There's like resistance, there's a part of you that feels all these different emotions. And then there's the other part of you that, you know, just wants peace, you know, and wants to be away from this conflict. So the rumble is you're really working through what is your inner child saying? So um, Anne Lamont, who wrote Bird by Bird, she would call it your shitty first draft. Sorry to those who don't like swearing, your shoddy first draft. And you literally, like a first draft, if you're a writer, you are putting all of your insides on the page. So you are like, they're not supposed to be mature stories. They're not supposed to be... um, coherent necessarily you're literally dumping all of your emotions on the page and um you are it gives you good information that you feel scared or you feel all these vulnerable situations that are coming up so in the rumble you need to create like really purge everything that's happening inside you and sometimes that can be challenging But if you, most of the time people just suppress it down into their subconscious and what happens, it'll leak out later. It's like when I experience someone and they'll be like, who used the photocopier last and didn't put paper in the photocopier? And they're like level 10 reaction to maybe a level three problem. And so that's what happens when we don't learn how to regulate our triggers 
because we kind of get into this place where everything's stockpiled and then we're exploding over everyone or it's coming out in sharp, sarcastic ways in other areas. So really learning how to understand your emotions in that rumble space is super important. And now once you can recognize like that emotion has happened, like you have emotions coming up, you can actually ask yourself of like, do I need more information? It looks like I don't have information. I've made up this whole story about what just took place. And I need to go on a journey of like asking that person for more information rather than assuming the worst or really rumbling with the scariest worst case scenarios of the interaction that you just had with someone. And then once you do that, you usually get to a place of enlightenment. And I like, um, it's kind of like, like a movie, for example, like you have act one, act two, act three. So act one is like the rules of the world are established act two. Um, and then usually in act one, you have the inciting incident, something happens to move the story forward. And then act two, usually the main character is fighting to get back to their way of living in act one. And then act three is where there's a sense of redemption of themselves. There is this kind of enlightened new path. And I like to use, you know, Elle Woods from Legally Blonde as a great example. It's great storytelling. Some people not, might, not like the, might not like the movie, but it's where like she comes in. Uh, the inciting incident is Warner, her bro- boyfriend breaks up with her. Then she has this thing of like, well, I'm going to win him back and go to law school. That's her act two. She's fighting to get back to act one where everything was good. And, you know, she had her boyfriend. She's kind of fighting to get back. But then she realizes, actually, she realizes who she, she has this kind of enlightening moment of who she really is when she's at the at the law school. And she realizes, oh, I don't want to be with Warner. I'm going to be with whoever Owen Wilson's, I think it's Owen Wilson, but his character. And so she has this like enlightening, like, wow, my, I was, my mindset was in this direction. And now I've like changed into another direction because she went on a process and a journey and rumbled with all the kind of hits that she had come up. And I like to see that with our own life and actually take that whole story process through our own life where we can actually change the narrative of our story, learn how to respond differently, show up differently when our buttons are pushed. So just to go back to the rumble portion, and this is where you might, you know, journal and write down your shoddy first draft, like your scariest thoughts are coming on the page. No one gets to see this. You don't want to offload this onto the person that hit the button that hurt you. Um, so you're, you're, you do that, or you can also just start to recognize where like, and this is like the brave part. You actually need to look at like where you have conspiracy theories, like you're just making up some stories and you have little bits of information and you're kind of stringing a whole conspiracy theory all together and look at what your confabulations are like it's really interesting so a confabulation is a lie told truthfully and this is something like some people do this quite a lot and I think I used to do it when I was younger it'd be like 
I don't know, I'm trying to remember of a specific thing. It's like, do you have the Spice Girls CD? And I'd be like, yeah, I love, yeah, I have the Spice Girls CD, but I actually didn't, like, you know. And so, like, weird kind of like, but there was a part of me that believed I did have the Spice Girls album, but I didn't, you know, like, but some people, and I definitely can see this, is like a level of denial where you are not really facing yourself or being really honest with yourself. So part of the rumble is really looking at what are the stories that I am telling myself and what, where do I need to burst the denial bubble, which is kind of a sensitive one because we go into denial in certain areas to make us feel safe. Like we 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 don't feel ready to face certain areas in our life, which man, I have so much compassion for because it's definitely a delicate area, but also like if we don't go through this reckoning rumble and revolution and get to that place of enlightenment and the wisdom, um, I've heard, uh, people say like, um, a coach say like, you feel like when you're in conflict, you have option A and option B and you feel stuck inside. Well, I don't know about option A or I don't know about option B, but really there's often a secret option C and we can't get to secret option C, which is the enlightenment away through the situation until we've really done this process of recognizing rumbling and getting to the revolution. And I think if we don't, the thing is like when we don't actually do the rumble part well, this is how we offload our hurt. And Brene Brown kind of goes through different ways. Like she's kind of come up with different terminology. And so you have these different types of people. So there's kind of chandeliering where there's an expression that said, well, they went straight to the chandelier. I don't know if it's like a Texas term, but um, she'll say like, it's kind of like when um, someone in the medical field, like they're talking about having a patient and they have so much pain, like even the brush of like your, like the tiniest brush of your hand against their skin, they go straight to the chandelier, like straight to the roof with like pain because it's so intense. And I think if you've had um, abuse, that's when, you know, you're highly sensitive, you know, because you're in so much pain um, and it hasn't, you know, felt, you haven't felt safe. And it's also, I mean, it's also not so fun being on the opposite side of someone who goes straight to the chandelier. And it's a really um, quite like if you grew up with family members who were like that, it creates a real hypervigilant eggshell environment, like you're walking around on eggshells. Um, and it's basically the reason why that happened is that so much pain has been pushed down that it just erupts at the slightest touch. Then there's bounce, bouncing hurt. And it's when bouncing hurt is kind of like hot potato, kind of the blame thing I was mentioning before. So our ego is very concerned with what other people think. It's the hustler, the people, the the pleaser, the perfectionist. Um, And in some ways, the ego hates this whole rising strong process that Brittany Brown talks about. Um, because it's about being real. It's about being really authentic and honest. And it actually takes a lot of humility to do this process because it's way easier to blame someone else for something that's happening than to take ownership. And so it's like this process with getting real with what's going on 
and what you're actually feeling. Sometimes it's scary to actually look at what you really are feeling. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of like the bouncing hurt. It's like you, instead of owning it, we're avoiding it. And sometimes in this place, um, there's usually a lot of anger shown because anger or I'm frustrated, like feeling anger is easier than feeling hurt. Um, and so anger is always a secondary emotion to what's really happening. Um, yeah. So then there's numbing. So I think a lot of us can probably connect to numbing. Um, you know, we want to like scroll our social media or drink that, you know, extra glass of wine or watch binge watch that TV show. Um, and really numbing is you're taking the edge off the emotion or feeling exhausted. And, um, but the thing is like when you're constantly taking the edge off life, you actually numb other emotions. So you can't like selectively numb emotions. Like when you numb the bad emotions, you're also numbing the good ones like joy and and to the point where we become, all of us becomes numb and nothing is happening inside us. Then there's stockpiling. I think I can relate to numbing and I can also relate to stockpiling. So there, this is where you add hurt to the hurt to the hurt over and over a span of time. And then our body starts to shut down with it. Um, so it's almost like that whole, there's a book on this, the body keeps a score and it always wins. And I know for me, um, I will feel it in my body when I have not processed emotions well. And I think stockpiling is also similar to maybe chandeliering. It's where you're kind of taking more of a passive stance and you're adding up, keeping a record of wrongs of all the times that someone has hurt you or, and it could be totally subconscious. And then all of a sudden, like it'll just unload on someone, the poor person in front of you. I've definitely done that, had to work through a lot of guilt and shame about that and had to learn how to not be passive and to learn how to show up that way. It's really, really challenging because, um, yeah, it's scary to do conflict. Um, some people love conflict, but you know, it's actually really scary. Then there's the Umbridge, Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter. If you uh, have watched that, this is something that uh, Brene Brown has brought up. So it's the artificially sweet, their scary cruelty. Um, and it's usually when they've had a lack of boundaries, but there's like this sweet, like imagining like smile, kind of fake. And I'm going to kill you if you ask me to do one more thing, but I'm going to do it because I'm a nice person. So that's what the umbrage is. And then there's high centered. So if you think about a car, if it goes through, um, I don't know if it's hydroplaning or like when a car is sort of up and it can't go forwards and can't go back. So that kind of term for emotional world is basically like you're stuck. And a lot of people who um, have gone through PTSD would find themselves in this position where they feel frozen. So you feel like you can't move forward and you can't go backwards. Like you're just completely frozen and you're not really ready to talk about anything. I can have that approach as well. So like there's all these different responses. There's fight, flight, fawn, freeze. And um, everybody actually has 
a response that they have inside of conflict. And so it's actually really challenging. So if your tendency is to fight and get aggressive, it actually takes you time to get out of that response. Or if your tendency is to fawn, which is people pleasing, I'm going to like make everyone happy. Like that tendency, like people pleasing, that's all a very hard pattern to break and just takes time and a lot of like counseling to kind of work through so your response is different. So hopefully this is helpful as you kind of navigate through changing your experience, changing your narrative. I think that um, transformation is like the place that transformation happens the most and has happened the most for me is where I've learned to change the way that I respond to things um, rather than going through and creating the same cycles over and over relationally. I've learned how to slow down, recognize the buttons being pushed, rumble with the emotions, whether that's me journaling or it's me processing with someone who is smarter than me so it doesn't turn into gossip or talking to my counselor or life coach. Um, and then usually I'll get to a place of enlightenment and I'll get to a place where of calm, like, and wisdom and really know how to move through the, uh, the situation to secret option C. So thanks for listening today, guys. And feel free to reach out if you're interested in coaching. Uh, you can sign up for my email list in the link below, um, but have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening today. Please download, share with your friends and write a review. If you would like to book in a life coaching session with me, go to my website at www.ella-hooper.com or follow me on Instagram at Next Brave Thing Podcast.